You're listening to SBS News. Thanks so much for joining SBS World News. Great to be with you. So we've just seen that the protection of children has been at the heart of the debate about violence and youth crime in Alice Springs. So what is your obligation through this plan to those children? Well, the obligation uh, to children right across the country is to ensure uh, that they can thrive, uh, particularly that for disadvantaged and vulnerable families that are at at risk of coming into child protection, that we uh, can prevent that as much as we can. But of course, those that are uh, living in out-of-home care, that they are given the best possible support. And how we're going to do that uh, is through not only through our national framework, but the two action plans we launched today, particularly one around Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander children. And I think what's really key to this is it was designed with leaders in Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander communities of in implementing solutions that we know that work. So this is really critically important. Now, we've seen uh, today you've sat around the table with some of those First Nations representatives as well as state and territory counterparts. What have they told you about whether there needs to be a punitive measure taken here as well for children who are subject to abuse or neglect? Well, well, what they told me is that we need to start taking a child-centric approach, that individual children's circumstances uh, need to be looked at very carefully. The message clearly from Aboriginal leaders are that they and their organisations often have the best solutions for children, keeping them connected to culture as just one example. And so states and territories have taken in these action plans a very a brave step to actually delegate decision-making responsibility to Aboriginal organisations, those that know children and these families the most. So what I've heard is not one solution fits all, but what we've got to do is engage and have a true partnership with Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. And what about the children? How will their voices be heard in your plan? Yeah, so their voices were embedded in this plan. SNAKE, which is the organisation for children and young people, were intimately involved through consultation uh, with the voice of young people, but also, of course, Anne Holland's our children's commissioner. But one of the principles in this plan that states and territories have all signed up to, ensuring that in all policy and all decision-making, that children have a voice. And so that is critically important. That will require policy change. That will require uh, administrative changes. But all states and territories through uh, that are responsible for child protection have decided to take that approach. Many children are also being affected by family violence and there will be paid domestic violence leave for up to 10 Days, but how will you ensure and fight in the budget process there are enough services available for those people who are escaping an abusive situation? Well, our national plan to end violence against women and children uh, had four areas that we had to concentrate on. Prevention, early intervention, response and healing and recovery. And so I'm working with the states and territories to make sure that we are addressing each of those areas. One area that we've already allocated money in the budget is 
the Safe Places Program, as well as crisis, uh, crisis accommodation. This was a significant investment that is looking at building uh, places for uh, families, uh, particularly women and children escaping domestic violence, to be accommodated. And our focus on this round has been about uh, building places that support, whether it's Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander, women with disability or women from culturally and linguistically diverse backgrounds that particular focus on those groups have been what we want to do is build uh, build safe accommodation. But we cannot only put our attention on that or we will never break the cycle. And finally, you've spoken about the importance of First Nations voices. Your government wants a successful referendum. The opposition leader will meet with the referendum working group this week. What's your message to Peter Dutton? Because there are many in the community who do think that he will back a no campaign. Well, I hope he will listen. I hope he will listen. Today we had an example of what true partnership with Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander with state and territory governments can deliver, and that is real solutions to difficult problems. I hope he listens to that council. I hope he listens about the desires of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people because that's the only way we're going to get change in this area. Does your government have a problem with communicating the message here, though? Uh, I have to say that I have been out talking with people and uh, the message is very simple. Um, There is a question, is is it time to recognise Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander is in our constitution through ensuring that they get a say in the things that impact them. This example through safe and supported example of where that works really well and I would ask the Australian people to consider uh, that question and that's the question we're going to be asked and in my experience most people have been overwhelmingly saying they want to vote yes for this. Minister, thank you for your time. Thank you.